There was a boy, a very strange enchanted boy, and then one day he passed my way. He said to me, the greatest thing you'll ever learn is just to love and be loved in return. It's the season finale feedback show on this 49th episode of Resurrection Revealed. Welcome back for another full discussion and fan full feedback episode of the Resurrection Revealed podcast. We are a very proud member of Noodle Mix Network and sponsored by lynda.com. Get a 10-day free trial and learn some new things. Visit lynda.com slash resurrection for details. And we want to thank you for returning at least one more time for this in-depth discussion all about Season 2, Episode 13, entitled Loved in Return. This is an unofficial podcast by and for fans of ABC TV's Resurrection. It's January 27th, 2015, and I'm at Wayne Henderson, your voice acting, podcasting Green Bay Packers fan who's always been a little creeped out by cicadas. But now, thanks to Resurrection, I'm really, really, really creeped out by cicadas. And you'll be even more creeped out when we read you some Bible passages later on in this episode. (laughs) No doubt. Good evening. I am at Troy Heinrichs. The opening tonight from Nat King Cole's Nature Boy, sung there by Rachel at the end of the episode as she's putting little baby Nathaniel to sleep. I think we've confirmed that Nathaniel was the name. And we have a lot of stuff tonight, a lot to think about. How do we carry on during the hiatus as we wait for a season three announcement? We will kind of sort through it all with you this evening as we dig through Loved in Return. The show notes for this episode can be found at resurrectionrevealed.com slash 49. And you will want to go back and reference the comments on the initial reactions podcast back on resurrectionrevealed.com slash 48 as well. We'll mention that later on in the fan feedback section. But before we get started, we do want to remind you that the 10th Annual Podcast Award nominations are still open Everything you need to know about the awards can be found at resurrectionrevealed.com slash podcast awards. Just click the button there, put in your email address, and we'll email you all the details. Or if you're on the Resurrection Revealed website, we have a nice little video message up there. You can watch uh, the boss man, uh, Mr. Daniel, uh, share uh, basically how we're going to nominate everybody for the Noodle Mix Network. So go ahead and check that out. Again, resurrectionrevealed.com slash podcast awards. Please send in a nomination form. We'd greatly appreciate it. Well, I I was going to start out, Wayne, with in that initial reactions episode, I mentioned the plate in the water, and I wanted to hear your thoughts and opinions on that after you listened to my ramblings earlier this week. Well, I will say that it was a very creative scene. I loved how it was put together. It was very visual. And I loved the way you talked about it on the initial thoughts episode earlier in the week, because you pointed out a lot of things that I didn't catch. To me, I was mostly mesmerized by the pattern in the dish that resembled either the tree to some extent or like outlets running into a river. Either way, it kind of struck that chord with me. But then the whole thing with the faucet and the water going on and off and talking about the ripples. I'm going to defer to your opinions and thoughts that you shared on the initial reactions episode. Yeah. And what was the deal with that? Why, when she tweaked the faucet, did no water come out? That's the one thing that I'm still scratching my head about, even after the second watch. Some magical power of the water in Arcadia. I don't know. (laughs) The waterfalls were channeling all of it to push the sawmill faster, maybe in some other time or dimension, as Ray would talk about. Exactly. That would be fantastic. Uh, secret tunnels in and out of the Langston house. We're actually going to cover really quick tonight uh, our piece because there is a ton of fan feedback. But I really like the uh, into the cellar, up through the basement, and uh, boom, you're right there inside of Rachel's bedroom. I was really trying to uh, parse that out in my mind because here in Southern California, hardly anybody here has a basement, let alone a cellar door. And do you think that Grandma Langston was able to go from the cellar directly to the attic or did it just get her into the house and she was able to not the attic, but upstairs, was she able to go in and they just kind of sneak her way upstairs with nobody hearing her? No, I think she did come out on the first floor. She came out in what would be Harry Potter's bedroom, I guess, under the stairs. Oh, oh yeah. And then she climbed the stairs from there. Once uh, Lucille went the other way. 
All right. I did find that to be a very creative way for her to get back into the house for at least a little while. We had some uh, visions, I think, of our other podcast, which will be coming out this summer under the dome radio, because there was some sellers and property management there as well. (laughs) (laughs) Property management is one way to put it. That was the first thing I thought when she started opening up the cellar door. I was I got the two shows confused for a brief moment. I thought, now, is this the one that has the red hand painted on it? What? No, wait a minute. That's under the dome. <laughs> but it did have a magic portal in it. In this case, it was from Margaret so that she could get up to Rachel and then literally start to have that conversation with her. And that's something that, I, again, I touched on in the initial reactions, but in case you didn't hear it, what an interesting conversation that Rachel committed suicide previously. So now here's Margaret talking to her about, why do you want to stick around here? Just will yourself away. Shoo-shoo now. And would would she actually be able to go through with committing suicide a second time? It really looked like Rachel was well on her way to disappearing again. And Grandma Langston was just interrupted just a little too soon. And even Rachel, till they talked her back into reality, she, she was upset that they interrupted the, the whole situation. This is true. And I, I almost thought she was going to disappear when she escaped from Janine, which we still don't know her whereabouts. I assume she's dead at this point because she hasn't come back onto the show. So she's got to be just laying on the floor. And will that ever get resolved? Will we know what, whatever happened to Janine if we get a season three? If we get a season three, we will find out. All these people are sitting outside the Langston's house and they want to get to Rachel. And then here comes uh, Lucille and the two kids walking right out the front door. So if you want to get people inside of the house and now here's somebody that's a loved one coming out of the house. Wouldn't you think that you'd grab them and take them as a hostage and then have a negotiating chip that you could do? Absolutely. And it looked like it was going to go that direction for a minute till grandma Langston stepped in to protect her mostly to protect her grandson. And I'm wondering if, because this was a really intense episode, parts of this really seemed like a, late 10 p.m. time slot kind of a show. And I think if they would have gone with grabbing her and the two kids to hold them for leverage, it might have been too intense to keep it at this nine o'clock hour. And it did make me real nervous. I mean, I was feeling a lot of emotions watching this episode of Resurrection. And the one thing that I've been kind of scratching my head around is that whole episode when Margaret basically yelled at her two boys and said, you know, you know, I I basically hate both of you, (laughs) you know, But yet she has this fond affection for her grandson. And in order to have the grandson, you have to have the son in between. Exactly. So is there more to Jacob that she's letting on and why she's really overprotective of him? Does she know about something about him being special? And is that going to be delved into more if season three comes around? One would think so. And it might tie into the fact that uh, he was really the first returned of this latest wave of returned. And sometimes uh, I could see where a grandparent strongly dislikes their kids, but for the sake of everything, they love the grandchild. I mean, after all, Jacob is just a very young child, so why not love him? He hasn't done anything to really (laughs) make her dislike him. But the whole family dynamic that we touched on in previous episodes is very strange in the Langston clan. Yeah, and that's the one thing that we talk about in this episode is in in the last two episodes really is choices and interpretation. And I'm really surprised that, you know, Jacob said, you know, the baby, he's like, I can feel the baby that I don't know if he said the baby's hurting me last week. I'd have to go back and watch it again. I didn't think he said he was hurting me, which would have tipped Margaret off to say, let's go storm the castle. But it, it really seemed more like Jacob was empathizing with the baby like the baby was in distress the baby could sense the people coming or the just because the baby was in labor so i think it was more an empathy feel than it was a attack feel exactly i didn't hear him actually use the phrase the baby was hurting him either but it did give him migraines or something yeah which i think was tied into the fact that he used to have those seizures so maybe that's why it it hurt extra special than it would might have normally yeah now you touched on, and, and you pointed them out really well in the initial reactions episode, so when I watched Resurrection again, it just really st- struck me almost funny. Some of the excellent lines that we heard from Henry and Fred 
in that scene where the mob is trying to overtake the house. They just some great dialogue. And for such a stressful scene, the fact that it makes you chuckle is kind of disturbing. Yeah, I know. Cause he's, I don't know if I can shoot him, Fred. And Fred's like, yeah, just remember they'll come back. <laughs> it's like, what other show could you get away with saying that line? Just blow him away. It'll be fine. Well, there's been some lines in under the dome that are pretty suspect, but in here they were very well done. Yeah. And then uh, the preacher doing the exact same thing. It's like, what are you guys waiting for? You know, you can't die. <laughs> get in there. Yeah. So at that point we realized it's, it's over. It, they're getting in the house. There's too many of them. And there's no way that the three of them could really hold off all of the return coming in. Okay. So another maybe little nitpick. Why did they stay at the base of the stairs when they had four points of attack when they could have been at the top of the stairs and bottlenecked everybody up and protected Rachel better? Uh, they've never had to go through this before. Maybe they were just inexperienced. I'll, I'll give it to them. It could be a nitpick, though. <laughs> it adds the drama, right? It was dramatic. I, it was very stressful. Well, you know what was really interesting, too, was that the return came in just to hold back Henry, Fred, and Bellamy, and it was almost like they parted the sea, the Red Sea opened of the return, and then there comes Preacher James, and it was only Preacher James that went up to the bedroom. He probably had some sort of control over the crowd, and I must say, the actor that plays Preacher James, he did a great job of making us uh, disturbed by him, upset by him, frustrated by him, great acting, and just all the facial things he does, and licking his lips, and it's, it's just Ooh, a great character. Yeah, it was a really great addition. I think both him and Margaret in the second season were great additions to the cast to be able to expand the story further. And it'd be really interesting to see what they could bring in potentially for season three. Exactly. Uh, speaking of other new characters that were added this season, uh, Randy and Angela, uh, gone. <laughs> what? <laughs> This is probably the most perplexing and most interesting scene, I think, besides maybe the very, very final scene of the entire show for the evening, because not only are Angela and Randy gone, but the whiteboard is clean. The people in the cafeteria, the dead returned, Margaret and everybody are are gone, and all the crypts are open and emptied out. So where the heck did they go? Yeah, it was odd that they threw that scene in there because it brings up a lot more questions than it answers. And you mentioned everybody involved. Mostly, I'm, I'm concerned about Angela Forrester and the fact that the whiteboard was wiped clean. Do you think another division of the government came in and uh, took them away when all of this other havoc started happening? Unless we get a season three, obviously, we're not going to ever know. And all of our pondering whether or not Angela Forrester, the elegant woman, was a return or not may or may not ever matter. It's very confusing. I know it, it It was really one of those things that just kind of made you go, okay, and they have to be setting up a season three with a scene like that. Yeah. Be, because why wipe off the whiteboard? If you just ran because you were like, holy crap, there's a lot of people coming. I'm out of here. The, <laughs> the whiteboard wouldn't be wiped off. But the fact that they wiped down the whiteboard and took all the bodies out of the crypts, that seemed a little suspect. And then the fact that the cafeteria was completely empty too. <laughs> And I was looking so close at the whiteboard because I was expecting there to be some sort of cryptic message on there, but nothing. Yeah, nothing that you can make out anyway until you hold it up into a mirror in whatever place Henry went to when he died. Exactly. That's where all the answers are. Well, there was a really good uh, message from Revelation about locusts or cicadas, depending on how you want to look at it. It's from uh, Revelation 9, verses 3 through 7, and it reads, Out of the smoke, locusts came down on the earth and were given power like that of scorpions of the earth. They were told not to harm the grass of the earth or any plant or tree, but only those people who did not have the seal of God on their foreheads. They were not allowed to kill them, but only to torture them for five months. And the agony they suffered was like that of the sting of a scorpion when it strikes. During those days, people will seek death, but will not find it. They will long to die, but death will elude them. The locusts look like horses prepared for battle. On their heads, they wore something like crowns of gold, and their faces resembled human faces. 
There you have it. What do you make of that? I think that somebody writing for Resurrection has been influenced by the book of Revelation, among other uh, books of the Bible. I know. The things that really stuck out in here were seeking death, but it will not find them. Yeah. Wanting to die, but death will not be able to find them. Uh, and then this whole, uh, the locusts, uh, their faces resembled human faces. So the direct resemblance of the cicadas uh, representing the mass returned, and then, of course, the return having human faces. So I thought that was very interesting. And it was also referenced, I, I wanted to say it was on Twitter or Facebook, I read somewhere after the show, that they thought that when the cicadas hit the window with the baby, that it almost formed like the shape of a crown on Ooh. the window. I need to watch for that specifically. I didn't catch that, but that that whole the whole final maybe five minutes of the show is just like, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, what, what, what? Oh, now, Troy, you wanted the best, and you got the best. The hottest band in the land, Kiss. It finally happened. The kiss that uh, many people were waiting for. Yes, and I think that it came at the appropriate time. I think that you're in that situation where you don't know if you're going to be around the next day or what's going to happen next. So if you've got to tell someone that you love them, might as well do it now because time you know, is important every minute because you could be gone the next day or back again the day after. <laughs> that, it's very confusing. And you know what's funny? I know a lot of people were waiting for this and knowing it was kind of building up to this, their relationship. But I was talking to somebody in town and they said that they did not see that coming at all. And I'm like, what? We're talking about resurrection, right? You didn't see that coming? You didn't see that chemistry like back in season one, episode three, when they were down by the river collecting water samples? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, man. But yeah, they're together and it looks like they're still together a year later. So that's a good thing. Yeah, Everything in those one year later scenes was great. I mean, we get that. One year update with the family. Everybody's having a nice dinner. They're having some interesting conversations. And of course, we see Bellamy at work. He's got a new office and a new position. And it appears to have the tree, the famous tree, as the logo of the uh, new bureau that he works for. Yeah, and, it, and it, this just kind of popped into my head now. But think about where he started back in season one, where he's kind of you know helping the foster kids and placing kids in homes and really trying to find them a place to live and get them back up on their feet. And now here he's doing basically almost the exact same job, but for the returned. I didn't look at that uh, in that fashion. That's a good, good catch, Troy. And I think he'll do a good job of it too, because that's exactly his job in the book. <laughs> exactly. And the fact that with all that we've seen J Martin Bellamy go through over the past two seasons of resurrection, he really is the right man for the job. Well, and it's nice that he doesn't have to sit next to the uh, the mops and the cleaning supplies anymore either in Sheriff Fred's station. <laughs> yeah, that that was, you know, sometimes when you're out in the field, you, you just make do with whatever office you can get. One scene that I thought was really interesting was last week they shot us the kind of town square right outside Rachel's apartment where it had the clock where it was like five after seven or something. Mm -hmm. And they showed that as the returned were coming into town. And so there were people mulling around in the town square. And then when they did this one year flash forward or present day, whatever you want to call it, they showed that same exact shot, but there was no people out in the streets. So is that supposed to resemble a calmness, a sense of order that there wasn't mass chaos when there was this mass return going on? I believe so. Because everything in that one year after or one year later, all those scenes, everything did seem to be relatively calm, except for uh, Bellamy's visit to uh, Preacher James. Everything else, it just seemed like uh, the government and the rest of the world is just coming to grips with all these people. And I assume that if that were to happen, it would take about a year for any sort of normalcy to set in. Yeah, especially, you know. Not everything is right in the world, right? Because you had Tokyo, as uh, the preacher put it. So apparently they're well-informed inside of prison. <laughs> and, yeah. And, and what I thought was interesting was the way that the preacher was moving his arm. That was odd. And I'm like, okay, if it's a year later and that's supposed to be where you got the gunshot when Bellamy shot you, 
like that wouldn't heal a year later or that it heal weird or heal wrong, especially if you're a return, shouldn't your miracle blood be able to fix that? I don't know with, with preacher James being returned so many times and apparently being able to die on purpose and go fetch people and bring them back. Uh, he's a unique returned, unlike any of the others on the show. That's very true. Oh, well. And, and Henry makes that interesting comment that, you know, people would talk about and give us something to think about with the returned having certain rights, but they're not allowed to vote. They do have to still pay taxes. And that that's, seems like how things would go. Yeah, I can't vote to say I want to or don't want to accept a new tax, but yet you're going to collect a new tax from me anyway. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> what What is wrong with that situation? There's your government. Well, we do want to give a couple quick shouts out to Travis Young. Travis Young plays Ray on the show. Uh, he's got a really great Facebook uh, page that you can follow anything that Ray is doing if you want to stay in touch with, with him. Uh, we'll have the link to his Facebook page in the show notes. Again, resurrectionrevealed.com slash 49. Uh, but someone that you might not see on the show or technically you see all the time, you just don't know it, uh, is uh, Michael Jaggers. He is uh, one of the stand-ins where uh, they basically, the actors rehearse with the stand-ins. So the scene where, uh, for example, Fred was crying over the gurney with Henry's body, uh, that was Michael laying on the gurney there. Uh, practicing with Matt Craven. So Michael's done an excellent job uh, helping out as part of the the cast and crew. So Michael's got a really great Facebook page as well. They're all working actors down in Atlanta. So again, we'll have Michael Jagger's Facebook page up on the site as well. Resurrectionrevealed.com slash 49. And kind of our last bit here before we get into the fan feedback section, if you do want to see a season three, there is something you can do. Uh, you can go to abc.go.com slash feedback. ABC reads all the feedback. They do take it to heart. Uh, we know a lot of people that have gotten re- responses to their feedback. So if you go to abc.go.com slash feedback, we'll put that link in the show notes as well, and just send them a message. Tell them how much you love the show, what it's meant to you, how it's impacted your life. Uh, just really you know, make the plea for them to say, hey, you know, I want the show to come back, whether it's moved to a different night or if it uh, becomes just a summer show because it is only 13 episodes. But we definitely want to see a season three. So abc.go.com slash feedback and leave your suggestions on whether or not you want to see it, where you want to see it, how you want to see it. But we want to see it now. Absolutely. We want to see it. <laughs> and we do want to see it now. That is great advice, Sir Troy. Now, as far as the ratings for this finale episode, it's kind of interesting because, you know, we're still not sure. Is it the season two finale or is it a full series finale? But all things considered, I'm going to give this episode 9.11 out of 10 iconic baby mobiles. 911, like an emergency. Pretty much. <laughs> um, You know, I'm going to give it a nine out of 10. I, I I almost went an eight and a half, but I, I'm going to bump it up to a nine. I did like, I had some issues with the fade to black when Rachel gave birth to the baby. At first, I was kind of like, it was so like the build up, the build up, the build up. And then it just was like, wait, what? <laughs> I want to see its head spin around and spit pea soup. Let's go. <laughs> oh my. But uh, fade to black. And then he had this one year later. And there was just so much in that one year later that, you know, just the conversation with the preacher and the, you know, the world isn't right. The world still has chaos and the world's going to have chaos no matter what goes on. You could be the best Christian, the best person, the best human, you know, but at, at the end of the day, there are people out there that are going to abuse the system and do things the wrong way. And is that for anybody to decide whether we should live or die based on that information? So I, I think that that last bit had really good pieces of, you know, human thinking in it. And because of that, I bumped it back up to a nine. That's exactly the way I looked at it. Though that final five minutes or whatever it was, that there alone is a ten. And so you mix that in with the rest, and still really good. I know that you know if people do listen to our ratings for whatever reason, they know we've pretty much been around eight and a half to ten all season long. 
And it's not because we're in a rut or we're just super fanboys that always rate something good. That's really how we felt. I mean, in season one, we did have a few episodes that we gave lower ratings to. And if you listen to our other Noodle Mix podcast under the Dome Radio, you'll hear some other interesting ratings as well. Yeah, it, the, the thing with this show was just how cohesive the story was. People are going to say, oh, they didn't give me answers. They didn't resolve this or resolve that. If you take the time now that season two is over and now that it is clearly different than the book, I highly suggest reading Jason Mott's novel, The Returned, that the show is based off of. Because when you understand the point of The Returned, then if you don't get the point of resurrection, I think you will. Because this show is really about like the human condition and what would you do and how would you react and what should we do going forward now that we have this information. And I think that's really why when you take that into account with the great writing, with the great acting, just the emotion that it draws on, regardless of the people coming back to life, right? Obviously, if someone we lost came back that we really missed, that'd be emotional. But just the general emotion of the show and how it breathed, I think, was really, really brilliant over the two seasons. Amen to that. Well, we got some really great listener feedback coming up, but you know, the job market is definitely getting crowded now with this mass return event taking place. And you could miss out on your chance on a dream job because there's a lot more competition out there. So if you always wanted to, uh, you know, basically get a new skill or shape up on your current skills, lynda.com is the place to be. Uh, Bellamy may be getting the return back up on their feet, but if you visit lynda.com slash resurrection, you'll actually get 10 days of free learning. That's 10 days of free learning to jumpstart a new skill or master your current craft. You can learn to be a developer, or you could maybe learn about audio and music or take a few business classes. Lynda.com slash resurrection will give you access to over 3,000 video courses taught by expert teachers on any device you wish. Laptop, desktop, mobile, it's all there. Visit lynda.com slash resurrection to start your 10-day free trial today. All right. Now we've got more listener feedback than you will believe. And it's got opinions all over the board for this season two finale episode. So let's kick it off right now with a call that came in at plus one nine oh four four six nine seven four six nine. This message is in reference to the last episode of Returned. Angela, the government agent that's in charge of all the returns, I feel she is not a return herself. I've always felt from the beginning that I've ever seen her that she was looking out for her daughter in the plane crash. It was her daughter that crashed. And the reason that she's doing the job she's doing, following airplane crashes and doing the calculations, she's doing this in hopes of finding her daughter. I feel she thinks her daughter is somewhere out there in the world, and she's doing it in hopes of finding her daughter. Also, it's to give her a direction or a place to find her daughter. If the daughter, the daughter could be like Jacob. He could, she could be found in China. Thanks. Thank you so much for your call. And obviously that came in before the season finale, but after last week's episode, and she just brought up a great point, a different way to look at Angela. If we do get a season three, was she actually looking for her daughter who may or may not be a returned instead of Angela herself being a returned. And that's a great thing about these shows. I mean, we all assumed that the juxtaposition shot of the soda can was going from little Angela to adult Angela. And I'm assuming it was edited that way to think just that. But at the same time, you mimic the behaviors of your parents. And because of that, it could be a daughter. And she's been searching for her daughter ever since. Wouldn't that be a really great story? Because here we have Henry and Lucille searching for their son Jacob in their grief. And now here we have Angela potentially searching for her daughter in life. Season three, we need it. Uh, We absolutely need it because Pete said, bring resurrection back and change it to another night. Don't put it on a night that has to compete with football, The Walking Dead, or anything else because it's a great darn series. And that was from Pete who emailed in to feedback at resurrectionrevealed.com as well as John. John said, uh, it seemed like they rushed the series finale 
and he said series finale. It, it was a season finale. Let's just be clear. We don't know yet. Uh, the last few episodes, it's like they realized resurrection would probably be canceled and the plot with the investor's grandfather and the factory was kind of put to the wayside. I was sure that they wanted to get access to the factory so they could find evidence of the deaths there so that they could incriminate the Langstons. Instead, they basically threw away the line about how the grandfather just wanted the money. The one year later seemed like such a wasted opportunity. Season three was likely going to be about the world adjusting to the influx of returned, but we were basically robbed of seeing that process. John, what are your thoughts on that, Wayne? Well, I definitely appreciate all the emails that came in as well as as the voicemails. And John, those are great points. You know, we still don't know, you know, whether or not we're getting a season three or not, but it did really feel like that final four or five minutes was put in there as a series finale type of scene. And then, of course, if we do get a season three, the writers can uh, jump back on and come up with ways to add on to that. But I do get what John's talking about, about it, the ending, especially feeling a bit rushed and the whole storyline with the uh, grandfather that wanted the the uh, factory. It just kind of uh, disappeared rather quickly. Yeah, that's the only kind of complaint I think I have for season two was the whole factory and uh, the Addison storyline and Henry getting back into it. That whole thing seemed like it was a big setup for kind of a deflating payoff at the end of the day just so that they can move into this four concise episodes, which I think was one of the things that may, I mean, granted it was football, granted it was walking dead. Then it was the globes. It was always something up against resurrection this year, but the scheduling I think was really off. I, it was really great to see eight straight in season one. And I think if they would have at least done eight straight and then come back with the last four or nine straight and come back with the last four, uh, at least it would have been a more cohesive schedule than kind of the hopping around with the Thanksgiving and throwing on two and then coming away for Christmas. So yeah, I could see that that one year ahead being kind of a series finale feel to it. Like all the answers were there and it kind of left you with that hanging chat of the locusts at the window. Right. Uh, but I also think that we've seen other shows where you could do it one year later and then completely reboot the show like desperate housewives did. Or you could say it's like Fringe, where we got to see a future episode midway through a season, finished up the season, and then they went back to that future in a later season with season five. So who's to say season three doesn't come back and we go back to 1930 and see exactly. the whole thing from the beginning? That would be, for at least half a season, would be great. Yeah, because there's just so much about the factory and the fire and the why they were returning and especially when Angela gave all that great information last week about, you know, these returned events have happened before always centered around Arcadia. You know, there's still stories to tell. It's just a matter of how do you tie it all together to keep it with the actors and the family and the people that you've grown to love over the two seasons. Plus we could find out a little bit more about what happened in Tokyo. This is true. You know, and I would actually be more interested in finding out because when Bellamy died, there was the flood at the sawmill. So not only do you have, the fire at the factory, but you also have the flood about the same time uh, back up at the sawmill where they were, where the Thompsons were living. So even some stories from back in that era would be really interesting to delve into. And they can include James Taylor's I've seen fire. I've seen rain. And we could learn more about Margaret and her whole relationship and the arranged marriage. We could see preacher James doing his swindling uh, with uh, Jenny going to his sermons. Lots of stories, lots of stories. Yeah, so bring it on, ABC, or any other network that wants to pick it up. Bring it on. Now, we also heard from uh, Neil in Bowie, who posted on the website, and said, I was glad my theory about Jacob and the baby was correct. The baby was not hurting him. It was his empathy with the baby. When the baby hurt, Jacob hurt. And as I tweeted, I thought the ending with the one-year-later coda served well as both a series, if necessary. And a season finale. There were a lot of questions left unanswered, but we did find out a lot. The cicadas mean there is still something supernatural about the baby. They're attracted to him somehow and quite a symbol as cicadas are the ultimate returned insect. The one year later did not surprise me. I was glad that Agent Bellamy is at the forefront of getting the returned back into society. I'm sure Preacher James was lying that Tom told him anything. And while I was disappointed, we didn't see Tom return 
He was important as the uh, preacher James was dangling in front of Rachel. I never anticipated Barbara returning again. The thing Grandma Langston did seems to be permanent removal. Thank you so much, Neil. Great, great points, and we've loved all your feedback over the years. What do you think, Troy? He reminded me of some great things in this episode. Yeah, I really appreciated, too, the fact that when we go back to this whole that Preacher James was a swindler, was a con artist previously, and then, of course, he conned everybody with the communion last week, you know, did he really see Tom? Was he just saying what he needed to say in order to get Rachel to buy into it? And we have to assume that he saw Tom potentially because we know he could go back to wherever they are and bring everybody back to our reality. So it's a potential that that's truth. It's also potential that it is a carrot. And I think that's a really, really great pointed out. And I'm glad that uh, Neil actually agrees with me about the empathy portion of the baby in Jacob. Yes. And for my vote, I think Preacher James was lying through his teeth. Hi, guys. This is Don O'War. I just finished watching uh, Resurrection. You know, all these theories and thoughts and what vampires and no vampires, everybody's wearing black. (laughs) You know, it doesn't even matter because that was awesome. It was just awesome. It was a good ending to the series. I hope that there is a season three, but I was really satisfied. I know there's um, unanswered questions, a lot of them, but, you know, I I would be really happy if that was the end. I thought it was um, it was good and like kind of like a horror movie and left it open for a sequel, which is perfect. It was just perfect. And uh, I, I don't know. I mean, there's so much to talk about, uh, but then is there anything to talk about? Because they, they, they just pulled everything together. It was really good. I don't know why everybody's wearing black. I still never figured it out. <laughs> um, I don't know. I'm guessing that the baby's name is Daniel. Daniel, um, you guys know your Bible way better than I do. So, you know, he's associated with dreams. And uh, Rachel, didn't she visit the fire in a dream state? There's so much more that they could do, but they don't even have to because the way they wrapped this up, uh, I thought it was really excellent. I don't know. Um, I, I, you know, my when when at the very end, I was like, that baby is the Antichrist. <laughs> That's what I said. <laughs> and, you know, they're showing everybody's wearing black. And Preacher James is uh, wearing light colors. And, and there's definitely a good versus evil thing going on here. They're kind of making it look like maybe maybe the good guys aren't the good guys. And that's an interesting thing to think about, whether there's any more or not. So anyway, I'm really happy with the series. I've enjoyed watching the whole thing with you guys. Um, hopefully there's more, but if there's no more, I'm okay with that. I hope you guys are too. Thanks. Bye. Don, thank you for your call. Very much appreciated. And like you've said before, Troy, at the end of the day, all the talk about is she a vampire or not a vampire, where they're willing, wearing black and all of that doesn't really matter because the story was told and hopefully there is a lot more, but uh, we could go down a lot of rabbit holes with all sorts of theories, which is fun to do. And that's why we do the podcast. But uh, even Dawn satisfied with the series finale, hoping there's a more to tell, but uh, what do you think? She brought up some other good points. Now I know a lot of people are saying the baby's name was Nathaniel and others are saying Daniel. And I played it a few times and I could see it going either way. Did you get, Final confirmation? I didn't get really solid final confirmation. Uh, I listened to it on my headphones on my iPhone on Hulu uh, earlier today, and I swore I heard a Nathaniel, but the music was really swelling, so it was hard to pick out. We'll have to go back to that uh, clipping of the of the baby journal from Janine and see if there's a match. Yes, we're going to have to double check on that. Now, Ray Mays, faithful listener with some very in-depth, fantastic theories, doesn't have one for this episode. The last I saw on Twitter and Facebook, he lost electricity and internet a few days ago. And back east, you know, they are getting a lot of storms here in the United States. So we're certainly hoping that Ray and everybody else that's affected by the storms and the power outages are doing all right. And uh, Ray, we do hope to hear your thoughts and theories even after the fact. Yeah, if Ray does get back online, he can leave his comments over at resurrectionrevealed.com slash 49 so that you guys can go there and read his thoughts. But in the meantime, Jack chimed in on email and said, there were two areas in the dialogue that really moved me this week. The first one was when Fred gave advice to Henry, telling him, don't give in to fear like I did, suggesting that your emotions can lead you to making a bad decision. 
The other moment was when Lucille, Jacob, and Jenny were leaving the house. Bellamy gave Jenny a hug and said, don't be afraid, only for Jenny to retort by saying, I am still the one who's supposed to tell you that, even though you're all grown up, I'm still your big sister. And she really meant it. As for the actual showdown, I think that Fred, Henry, and Bellamy didn't completely think things through. They, uh, the angry mob, uh, not zombies. If you shoot them, they aren't coming back to life instantaneously. Even if they wanted to stop them from entering the house, they could have easily shot everyone in their kneecaps or some other non-lethal part of their body that will prompt them to stay outside. I was a little disappointed about the direction that the show has gone in the last two episodes. The quality of the acting, writing, filming, etc. has been top-notch, but I wish they would have developed some of the other subplot lines. If they needed some conflict to give the season a climactic ending, I would have preferred that it centered around rebuilding the factory and not Rachel's baby. But since the show is now going in that direction, I predict that more unusual circumstances surrounding Rachel's baby will happen, and Agent Bellamy will have to crawl back to Preacher James begging for his forgiveness in hopes that he hadn't burned his bridges. Bellamy is going to need Preacher James one day, and if he keeps antagonizing him in prison, it's just going to make it that much harder to get his help. Jack. Wow, I never thought of that angle possibly coming back to fruition. Do you think there's ever a chance that Bellamy may need Preacher James's help? And thanks for your email, Jack. Uh, they are connected. That's true. They did have that special connection, shared dreams and the visions of the cicadas and the lightning and all that. But I, I, I wonder if that connection has been severed. It's, e- either. Yeah, that's a really good question. I was going to ask you that exactly. Has that connection been severed now that they've lost... It tied into the show, right? Did they, they lost the will to work together. So when you lose that will, you lose your connection to whatever bond you might have, whether it's to this physical presence or to another person. And do you think we'll ever, if we got a season three, do you think a day could come that preacher James could just be so tired of being in prison, maybe for the rest of his life that he will be able to give up and just disappear? Potentially. Uh, I think that he's got more work to do, or he at least thinks he has more work to do. Very interesting. Now, listen up. We've got another good listener voicemail here that was sent in by email to feedback at resurrectionrevealed.com from Hank Davis over the TPE Network. Hey, guys, this is Hank from tpenetwork.com. Love your podcast. And I'm sorry that the season and possibly series has come to a close. But as your resident star child slash miracle baby expert, I thought I'd chime in this week. When I first started watching the series, it felt fresh to me. It felt like they were touching some ground that hadn't been covered before. But then as the show went on, I started to notice some things. And I wanted to take a minute to point them out. Here they are. An easy case that requires the hero to head to a small town for what should be an easy job mysterious child that the town is afraid of reluctant confused hero african-american that slowly wins over people who initially dislike him strained marriage due to the loss of a child a central family that is connected to everyone in town earth-shattering town secret that's been covered up The hero lies to cover a disturbing truth while disobeying multiple direct orders. An unnecessary forced relationship just because. Intolerant religious figure that distorts the text of the Bible in order to fit his beliefs. And a miracle baby slash star child that is more powerful than anyone can imagine. So there you have it. Maybe Resurrection wasn't all that fresh after all, but still a great show and still a fantastic podcast. Thank you guys so much for doing it. And I'm getting ready for Under the Dome. Talk to you guys later. Hank Davis, thank you so very much for putting that together, sending it in and your very kind words. And, you know, a little bit later this uh, spring, you'll hear Hank returning to the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., fam podcast as well as during the summer he'll be doing the falling skies podcast and uh, troy are you hearing bells i'm hearing things 
Right. I wonder how many chimes there were. Maybe that was the nine chimes we needed to make the three, six, nine combination. (laughs) Oh no, that may fill in the gaps. Hank brought up some great points, you know, whether or not resurrections really quote unquote fresh, still great acting, fabulous scenery and visuals. Everything put together was really, really well done, but he did point out some sobering similarities. Yeah. I mean, uh, it, I think it was just recently some people started going with because the baby storyline was becoming more prevalent that everybody started crying foul and they were like, oh, 4,400, 4,400. This is totally the 4,400. And for those of you that have not seen the 4,400, highly recommend it. Great show. Uh, It was on the USA Network. But in that show, the concept was, was that humans were getting plucked out of their time, basically alive. And then they all, quote unquote, returned at one specific point in history. And there was a uh, star child, uh, miracle baby in that as well. And somebody who was basically a religious figure over the entire group of the returned people. So, yeah, fresh in that sense, maybe not in the concept, but in the, the delivery and the storytelling and the emotional attachment that Resurrection gave. I think it was definitely fresh in that perspective. Very well put. And thanks again, Hank. We greatly appreciate it. Also got an email from Berta. It says, not only do I love this show because my friend's son Landon is in it. Awesome. But you have an amazing cast. The storyline is just fantastic. And I can't wait till next year to see what else is going to happen. It is completely different than what's out there. It's so enjoyable. And if your ratings are down, then move it to another day. But please don't get rid of it. We love the show, and I'm always going on Facebook and telling others to watch it. Hashtag Renew Resurrection, signed Berta. Excellent. Thank you so much for that and sending it in. And another person calling out saying maybe another day would be in order. Yeah, and and I still think a summer run and get all 13 episodes back to back, I think would be perfect for this show. Just because, you know, people are looking for something to, you know, glom onto in the summer it has that kind of outdoorsy feel with the way Arcadia is painted there in Georgia. And I, I think it would just fit really well if we could see this maybe summer of 16. That would be awesome. That sounds so far away, but I guess it is 2015 already. And Berta is sounding pretty much uh, confident that there is going to be more. And that's a nice uh, touch that her, uh, his or her friend's son uh, is a friend of Landon's. That's very, very cool. So we will have to wait and see if it does come back for a summer series. Please don't put it on opposite under the dome. Uh, Troy and I have, a. <laughs> it's fun enough trying to do two podcasts at once, but imagine if we had to watch both shows at once. We've done that before. I believe with uh, resurrection and revenge in a previous life. <laughs> yes, that was good stuff. Back to back on Sunday nights. Uh, Alexandra, She wrote in and said, I'm thinking if we assume the returned age die naturally of old age and they again are raised to live more and more, the result is a half-decayed human walking on Earth in a zombie apocalypse, which I'm sure is not the idea of the show, and I'm not convinced the writers know how to get out of this situation. And she's referring specifically to the fact that if Bellamy had returned previously as a baby, clearly Bellamy aged normally from that point forward because he's now you know late 30s early 40s and what would happen at that point you know if you get to the point of your natural life existence and just pass away at say 82 83 or 90 and you come back do you live to be 900 some years old like methuselah that's a sobering thought i i wonder how i think the writers could come up with a way to get out of that situation uh but that's a good point alexandra thank you so much And James had a rebuttal, actually, on the comment on the website. He said, okay, so let's assume the return do age at a normal rate. Do they always regenerate when they die? If so, at what frequency do they return? And to what specific age do they regenerate? Is there a way to distinguish how many regenerations a single return can experience? Is there a physical indicator like a birthmark or a number or a model serial number, maybe underneath the eyelid or something like that? Uh, So we'll have to keep an eye out to see if there's any tagging going on of each return since we have a Bellamy 3.0 and a Rachel 3.0 at a minimum. Do you think the tagging would be done by some earthly government entity or 
if we go back to one of the theories that Ray emailed to us a couple of episodes ago, if aliens are involved, or maybe that, no, that was another listener. It may have been James. But if aliens are involved, maybe they're the ones that could put some sort of mark on there. Yeah, I was thinking it was the it was a Schwarzenegger movie. What was it? It was um, uh, it was like the Sixth Day or something. I have to look it up to be specific. I can't remember, uh, but it was basically he died and then you come back as a clone, and then your clone had a specific marker tag in your eyelid or something of that nature. And ah. it was it it was a very interesting topic to say. You know, both lives were equally the same because they had exactly the same memories and exactly the same experiences up until the point of death. And then for some reason, he didn't actually die. He came back and it was a violation because you can't have two people alive. But from that point forward, they had very different experiences and they were they're each individual own person. So is that the same case here where, you know, these newly returned bodies our memories are the same, but their experiences going forward are uniquely their own. I like how you call it a violation. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, here's a long one for you. Michael wrote in, he said season finale scores a nine. It was very intense, but here's why we need a season three. Angela and the government facility was left abandoned. What happened to all the bodies in the crypts? Not to mention all of the poisoned returned by the preacher. Exactly. My thoughts. Exactly. That scene alone tells me there's more to come of this show. Hmm. And what about all the tests that the government was conducting on the return? What were they up to as they were changing their kind of tone at the facility there towards the end? Uh, Angela's theories using plane crashes as a baseline to predict the patterns. Was she onto something there? But what? The mass return. Was it triggered or did it just happen? Millions of return appearing all over the world, and the president was due to address the nation. What happened to his speech? And how's the world <laughs> dealing with all these millions of new return added to the population? As James said last week, how do the rules of law apply? Ah, so there you go. You got a, a fan, James. Uh, important and the missing link. What is the actual mechanism for the returning? We know that people return, but why do some take 32 years like Jacob and others like the preacher and his gang just come back right away in a few hours? Great question. Assuming it's confined to Arcadia, how far back in time will it continue to return people now that it's on a mass return level? The 30s, the 20s, 1880, does it have a limit? How far back can it go all the way back to the beginning of time? Uh, the true living hate group, now that the leader, Preacher James, is gone, shouldn't these people be arrested for obstruction of justice, not to mention endangering the life of police officer Sheriff Fred? Good point. Uh, Margaret Langston, should she be arrested for aiding and abetting a terrorist, breaking and entering, trespassing, and endangering the welfare of a child, just to name a few? A terrorist. That's a, uh -huh. a new way to think of Preacher James. Uh, Pastor Tom's church. Now that Tom's gone and, pa and uh, Preacher James is gone, who's in charge? Too bad Pastor Tom didn't return. Maybe in season three. Uh, what the heck happened to Tom's wife, Janine? Uh, we're all wondering that ourselves. Because <laughs> uh, then you could ask the question of, should Rachel be arrested for murder? No. Uh, the cicadas on the baby's window resembled the crown of the thorns worn by Christ, possibly? Mm, I, I need to watch yet again. I love it. It's great. Uh, Preacher James liked to quote Revelation. So let's take a look at Revelation 22. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life. A river, quote unquote, runs through Arcadia. Wink, wink. Uh, the river of life as clear as crystal flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb. Down the middle of the great street of the city. On each side of the river stood the tree of life. Could this be a clue as to what the returning mechanism might be? Fantastic stuff, Michael. Thanks for putting that together and sending that in. Those are all very valid points as to why we need season three. I wonder all of those things. He brought up a bunch of things I totally forgot about. And I would think that Tom is going to return, depending on uh, Mark Hildreth's availability. And if he returns, then I think Janine will either quote unquote return if she died or come back into the picture if she's just hanging out. <laughs> 
Uh, one last one here. James is back. Uh, you can read his full comment on the show notes at resurrectionrevealed.com slash 48. 48 for the initial reactions episode because it's quite lengthy. Uh, we edited it down for time this evening. But here are the, the highlights. Uh, James says, my comments regarding the end result of the returning mechanism still stand, I believe. But I did think something would happen this episode to shoot the whole concept down. So I've started calling my theory an ancient artifact theory that some ancient mechanism is at work to bring about the end of our world. You can see the previous comments from Steal Away on RR47. That's resurrectionrevealed.com slash 47 for the description of his original theory. And then you can also go to resurrectionrevealed.com slash 48 to see all of the points that he makes to support his theory based on the season finale. And and James is the theory that I was talking about earlier about the aliens and whether or not maybe they would be embedding some sort of serial number. So full props to you, James. Uh, continue, Troy. I'm sorry. No, that's okay. Uh, so he goes on after he supports his theory and he says in general about the episode, am I surprised at how events turned out one year later? Uh, no, you guys did read my previous post, right? World events were right in line with my expectations. However, even though I think this is all a technologically based attack on our world by some unknown entity, the show is at this point still presenting with the revelations based end of day's premise. So the cicadas on the child's window in the last scene is a reference to the devil for the devil is the Lord of the flies. Let's agree to believe that for now. Do I think there'll be a third season? I can't see why not. The show should have had an extremely modest budget when compared to other big budget sci-fi shows. No big special effects on this show. Oh, by the way, if anyone has any doubt, this is a sci-fi show. Well, any show with a federal bureau of anything in it is by definition a sci-fi show. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And uh, ABC certainly has the budget for such shows. I mean, isn't this the Marvel channel now, correct? Talk about big budgets. But if not, the final scenes of this episode certainly can act as a series closing, if necessary, leaving us just a giant cliffhanger. Personally, I hope they do bring back the show for a third season. It's good stuff. It takes a lot of thinking and creativity on behalf of the cast crew to hide such a well-thought-out sci-fi flick and dark premise with the grace and elegance with which they are presenting it to us. The show builds nice and slow, and they have certainly built a strong enough jump-off point in this season to go full tilt in any direction they want to take it for a third season. Whether it be Aliens, Demons, End of Days, for sure, I'm ready, bring it on. In closing, I leave you with these thoughts. Arthur C. Clarke's Third Law. Any sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic. And my tagline, it's not God, it's an attack. Excellent, excellent stuff, James. We we re- appreciate you leaving that on the show notes page there for everybody. And be sure to go over there to resurrectionrevealed.com slash 48 to read the full in-depth analysis. But those are fantastic points. And I agree. It's some sort of an attack. I, I like the ancient mechanism concept. I don't. I never bought into Ray's theory about aliens, not Ray Mays, but Ray on the show. In season one, when he was wearing the tin hat. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Aliens. No, but I think overall it's really important to think about, you know, could there be something underground like we saw in lost, you know, the, uh, the magic uh, cork in the, in the bottle, if you will, could that be the mechanism that's allowing the return to come? And if you pull the cork out, the returns will stop a really great way to think about it. Hmm. Good, good stuff. Season three. Come on. We need it. And, you know, I've heard other people mention that, you know, there's even if it's not on ABC, you know, with Hulu and Amazon and Netflix and all these other networks, you know, picking up other shows. Heck, it could even be picked up by Yahoo.com like that other comedy was. Oh, yeah. Or it could end up on you know Lifetime or ABC Family even. Uh, just lots of places the show could end up these days. And I, I really hope that people would want to continue with the show and the cast, even if it does move to a different network. Absolutely. I, I, I would venture to say that you and I would be there. Oh, absolutely. I, <laughs> I might even subscribe back to cable if I, it was on cable in order to watch it. Oh, awesome. And we, we would find a way. Now, of course, while we wait to find out and be sure to sign up for our email list at resurrectionrevealed.com to stay in the know or follow our, our Facebook fan page 
Because sometime between now and what do you think, Troy? Probably May, that seems so far away, that we'll get some sort of firm answer on a season three of Resurrection or not. Yeah, we'll definitely know by middle of May for sure when the upfronts are for the fall schedule. So if it's uh, not announced there that it's picked up, then we can pretty much assume it's uh, dead in the water. No pun intended. (laughs) The water's magical. So if it does return and we get, you know, breaking news, if you're subscribed to our email list, we'll be sure to put out a post to let you know. Of course, I would assume it would be all over Twitter and Facebook. So one way or another, we'll make sure that you find out about it. And then, of course, this coming summer, um, our other Noodle.mx network podcast, Under the Dome Radio, is coming back. And Under the Dome is bound to be crazy for its season three, Troy. Do you have your snarkiness ready? I do, but I've heard uh, promises from Neil Bear that said that season three will be a little bit more tight, a little more polished, uh, spend some time on the writing. So hopefully season three will be interesting or under the dome. And I'm glad that we'll be back uh, with you, Wayne, talking about it. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to it. And even if we don't get to be as snarky as we were in season two, we're going to have a lot of fun about that show because just the whole premise, it's fun. I mean, you got to listen and there will be many, many chuckles coming your way. Now, Troy, between now and then, where can folks listen to you on other podcasting ventures? Yeah, so between now and Under the Dome, I'm actually going to be doing a little show called The Blacklist Exposed. We did a couple episodes earlier in the season, obviously, for season two, but we are coming back hard and heavy because The Blacklist will be on after the Super Bowl uh, this Sunday after the uh, recording of this episode on the 27th of January. So we'll be doing The Blacklist Exposed. That's at goldenspiralmedia.com slash theblacklist. Or you can search for The Blacklist Exposed on Facebook and uh, join our group over there. It's a really great podcast. We have lots of fun. My friend uh, Aaron Peterson from The Hollywood Outsider. Uh, that's at thehollywoodoutsider.com if you want to check out his podcast there. Uh, really great stuff. Uh, we have a good time talking about uh, The Blacklist and Red Reddington and everything that he stands for. And uh, de- definitely different show than Resurrection. I'll give you that right off the bat. Uh, but if you're uh, interested in a spy, criminal, type theory show it's uh, definitely a, a fun one to watch and i fully endorse the blacklist exposed and you know much like troy and myself aaron peterson a fellow packers fan so see we we only have co-hosts who are also packers fans i, I wouldn't call it discrimination it's just camaraderie right well and aaron actually was the our correspondent for us at comic-con so if you go back on the blog a little ways you could actually just go to i think it's resurrection slash comic-con uh, and then you can actually see uh, Aaron's take on what he heard at Comic-Con to see if what he heard at Comic-Con actually came to fruition in season two and hold him accountable to it. Exactly. He was our out in the field correspondent because he was able to go to Comic-Con and we weren't. And between now and when Under the Dome returns, uh, you can find me coming very soon rebooting the voiceover journey podcast because I'm taking my voiceover business as well as my voiceover journey podcast as cliff ravenscraft would say to the next level and that is going into high gear within the next couple of weeks so if you're interested in voiceovers and how to go along starting the journey and taking it to the next level check that out now as far as resurrection and the resurrection revealed podcast goes we're not yet affiliated with abc television or plan b but we would like to be We are totally unofficial, so we do have costs, you know, keeping things going. So you can help support us in a few day in a few different ways. You can sign up for a free 10-day trial at lynda.com by visiting lynda.com slash resurrection. We challenge you to learn something new. We have one month of this year already just about over. And yeah, plenty of time left to learn even more as the year rolls on. You can also do all of your Amazon shopping through our affiliate link at resurrectionrevealed.com slash Amazon, and that will give us a small portion back on anything you purchase through Amazon. That'll help make the show even better. Heck, you can even sponsor the show directly by investing in making the show better by donating directly any amount you want, one-time, monthly donation. Just look for all the details on the right-hand side of ResurrectionRevealed.com. Yes, and third, you want to make sure you keep connected with us during the off-season. As we get news of Season 3, we'll be sure to share it on Twitter, where Larry King always tells you to follow us at Resurrection Pod. And be sure to follow our personal accounts as well during the hiatus. You can follow Wayne at Wayne Henderson, and you can follow me 
at Troy Heinritz. That's Heinz Ketchup Ritz Crackers with nosy in the middle. But lastly, if you've enjoyed this second season of Resurrection and the Resurrection Revealed podcast, we hope you would head over to resurrectionrevealed.com slash iTunes and drop us a note there. Let us know that you love the show, that you love the fan theories and the feedback. And then, of course, if you listen on Stitcher, you could go to resurrectionrevealed.com slash Stitcher and leave a review there as well. But if you have not yet subscribed to the podcast, if you've been just listening on the website or picking it up here and there, subscribe is what you want to do now. Because if you subscribe, if we have a special episode or an interview or an update on season three, you'll get that episode right away in your feed on your smartphone or tablet. So make sure you go over to resurrectionrevealed.com. All of the subscription links are there right at the top for you. Nice and easy peasy. So there is no excuse for not subscribing to the podcast. It's been a great second season. We hope that we can do it with you one more time. Until then, thank you so much for listening. From all of us here at Noodle Mix Network, I am at Troy Heinrichs. And I'm at Wayne Henderson and hoping to talk more resurrection with you, but we will definitely be talking to you under the dome. Resurrection Revealed is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Get more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. Especially the Once Podcast. If you're already watching Resurrection, you should be watching Once Upon a Time right before it at 8 Eastern and Pacific, 7 Central, and then listen to Once, the unofficial podcast and blog and forum with theories and talk about ABC's Once Upon a Time. All this and a bunch more of great content is waiting for you all over at noodle.mx.